1: we go this is the piffles podcast the saskatchewan rough riders fan podcast that doesn't suck my name is alex
0: i'm steve and i'm doing this tonight and you're probably going to start a fight because it's bye 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 no
1: yeah we're saying bye bye to the bye bye episode 201 bye bye bye
0: steve, steve looks so confused
1: it's an this, is this a, well i know what bye 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 is i just I'm too tired for this.
0: <laughs>
1: give us a follow on Twitter at PifflesPod. You can give
2: me a follow at RealAlexD. Uh, you can follow me at Safamod.
0: And as always, I do not need nor want your pity follows at Greg on Sports.
2: Piffles Podcast
1: is brought to you by our great friends at Dairy Queen on Elvenstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. Make sure you check them out. They have a brand new, it's not pumpkin spice yet, Steve, Yeah, it's a coffee crisp blizzard and... It's Miracle Tree Day on Thursday, so I know what I'm doing. The Coffee Crisp
0: one is really good. It it should be in the full time rotation. It's that good.
1: It is the elite chocolate bar, and I cannot wait to to have this Blizzard. It's going to be. I'm
2: sorry, Crispy Crunch is your elite chocolate bar, coffee, coffee Crisp. Oh wait, Coffee Crisp is your elite chocolate bar.
0: Yeah, number one. Not even close. are you are you twelve? best part of those hallo- the, coffee? The Halloween what
1: 12 year olds do you know have coffee Steve it mean, to me busy when dating. I was 12
2: uh, Dude, you're I the should... guy who likes big Turks I know I have taste those are Whoa. terrible
1: Jesus okay we need to no we're not having this conversation <laughs> <laughs> let's let's talk some football here guys time for the opening kickoff <laughs> can't believe he likes big turks so the riders are back on the field after the bye week um nothing to talk about from last week which is a good thing because this team needed to get away from absolutely everything and they did with their bye heading four and four after the bye week here craig dickinson fresh new shave uh told his team that uh it's good to come back and start fresh so they're looking for for a new fresh beginning here going into the uh the next stretch of the season.
0: they need to do something and if shaving uh being a uh, clean shaven, and get some uh win here or there so be it uh i'm not one to go against someone's uh, superstition he's not superstitious he's justitious just i guess i don't know a little
2: stitches. Yeah. i mean he needs to grow that that hair back that is a very very strange look for craig dickinson but uh hey if it gets us some wins i am all for it
1: Now, of course, the the big news this week for the Riders is uh, all the injuries. uh, Players coming back from injury, of course, with the the COVID and a couple other injuries. Logan Bandy is back. Dan Clark was limited in practice to start the week. Now, he wasn't actually doing any drills or anything, but he was out there with the team, which is a good sign, progressing. And who knows? He could be back within a a few weeks, a month. I don't know. Tough dude. Oh, yeah. 100%. Toughest guy.
2: And you get Dan Clark back on that offensive line, and that alone turns our season around. And if you go back to the beginning of our time on this show, could you imagine us ever saying those words? Like, honestly?
0: As as weird as it sounds, (laughs) ever since that car accident, something, like, flipped a switch. And he's been a complete monster since then. Like, I'm not going to deny, and I think it's justified our critiques of Dan Clark back then but he has definitely grown into a great player and a leader on that offensive line. And yeah, we will, I will gladly say, yeah, we called it then and we'll call it now. Like we're not going to beat around the bush. We're not going to say we always knew he was good. He wasn't, I'm sorry. He just wasn't that good, but he's definitely grown into a leader and a great player on this team.
2: And with the, with the youth we've got on that offensive line, getting, getting a guy like him with his veteran presence, let alone the talent that goes with it is you can't, you can't understate, you can't overstate how important that would be.
0: And I got to admit, Logan Ferlin, after that uh, loss last week, for being his only second year on the team, as young as he is, he took all the questions from the media, and he, he spoke like he's been in this league for years. He talked about responsibility and learning from their mistakes and moving forward, and you don't see such presence in a player that young, usually.
1: Very well-spoken. I'm very impressed by Logan Verland. Another, sticking on offense, Frankie Hickson is back, which to me, um, that might be the, the biggest thing for this offense right now, just to kind of kickstart it. Shaq Cooper was brought back in a couple weeks ago, released now, um, to have that Morrow-Hickson one-two punch. Maybe we'll actually see them go back to the running game and stick with it because they actually have this guy that can, that can do it. So I'm looking forward to seeing Hickson back on the field and, and what that offense can do with him again.
2: And I can't wait till the day when Shaq Cooper is uh inducted into the Plaza of Honor for his, his time here in Saskatchewan.
0: Once a rider, always a rider.
2: Always. Well, it's twice a rider now.
0: uh um, hey, he, he made like eight Scott Flores, so it's all right.
1: <laughs> Anthony Anthony Lanier. Was limited in practice, but uh, that's uh, looking good for this week of him playing. Mitch Picton returned, was limited. Pete Robertson uh, should be back this week, oh, which is a I'm so huge, happy, huge for the defense and that defensive line.
2: If you look at the stats from when we had Pete Robertson until, and combine that with the three games he's missed, there is a complete shift on that defense. In yards given up, in sacks. Uh, taken everything points like we are a completely different team with that guy on the defensive line. But get you him got- back. Get Marino back. Get Lanier. Get Leonard. You know, and then like you said, get Hickson. That's that's a lot of talent that's sitting there in the hot tub collecting a paycheck that we uh, we desperately need on the field.
0: But you also got to think three of the uh, two of those games. Leonard was also too. So there's your two like bookends at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Robertson was a huge loss, but losing Easy Leonard too did not help at all either.
2: Yeah. And and then, like I said, combine what you lost in the middle too. You basically, we've been playing with our second tier or second level defensive line for three weeks. And you wonder why we have to rush six, rush seven. Why our DBs are getting burned, having to play one-on-one all the time or really weak zones it's uh it's going to be good to get back to the d-line we we envisioned at the start of the year and with missing those
1: three games robertson is still tied for the league league in stat in sacks with seven so i'm looking forward to him getting that title back in, in no time and maybe the biggest injury update of the week so far in practice uh natai rogers was out did not participate on uh wednesday due to a knee injury so uh Hey, maybe there's a chance this whole line is going to be upgraded.
0: That's a shame. That's a shame. I I, I hate. i and I I don't wish an injury upon anybody, but I I really hope this is a way for someone to step in that position, and we don't have a guy coming around around that corner unblocked anymore. Like obviously, Ntai does something right that the coaches like because they keep on throwing him out there, even though every fan is like, "Get that guy out of there." he's been so bad. Like I, I as good as he is on run, on on run blocking, he's terrible at pass like pass blocking. So I, when in the CFL game, when 70% of your game is passing anyway, if not more, like you're better off throwing Jamal Campbell out there and run the ball occasionally. It makes no sense.
2: And you're, you're talking about a Jason Moss offense. So that 70% might be a, a very, very low number. I mean, I, I'm with you. I, don't, I hope he's not seriously injured. Nobody wants to see a guy go down to injury. But I do want to see what the guys behind him can do because what he's been doing is not working. So if it gets Jamal Campbell a chance or getting Lauderdale and Vaughn as our bookends on the offensive line, whatever it is, there's got to be something there that can improve that line over what we've
0: seen over the last season. Show us why we season. Like Literally, at this point, the writer Nation wants to know, what show us why we were wrong about Ty Rogers. Like, seriously. But this is why I
1: appreciate a guy like Chris Jones, just in the sense that, okay, you know what, I'm going to put you out there. Oh, you can't, you can't hang with these guys? You're gone. And we don't have that here, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, because all players have bad games and they have to learn. But if you're not going to be able to cut it, why are you here? So...
0: There, there's got to be a happy medium between Craig uh, Dickinson going, it's okay, he's going to learn eventually. I, I believe in him because he's got the heart. And then there's Chris Jones going, you missed a block, you're gone. There, there's a happy medium in there. At some point, the Ty Rogers has proven he is not the guy that they need because Cody is running, with, running around like an idiot.
2: I'm pretty sure that happy medium is Dave Dickinson.
1: want to move into one other thing here about the riders uh, just before we get into some other things and It has to do with Garrett Marino. He's making headlines again, but it's not because of anything he did. It's because of Jeremiah Mazzoli going off on Twitter. Now this all came from an interview with Jim Hobson on the Rod Peterson show. He basically said that the rodders need to have some grit, some edge, you know, a guy like Garrett Marino, like that's going to, that's going to be great for them as that type of player. And generally speaking, I actually agree with that. I think. Oh, I agree too. In, in, in pro football, you need to have a guy, not, somebody who's going to go out and purposely try to break another player's leg every single time. But you want a tough guy who's going to go in there, especially on the D line. That's just going to go in there. Like Nate Davis, he was a nasty dude, but he was very respectful about it. He didn't go out there and actually purposely try to injure people. Just a reminder. I'm not Nate Davis,
0: by the way, Um, (laughs) but you know, yeah, you, you want, and, and I said at the beginning of the season before Marino did what he did that Marino, plays on that level. And I know Mazzoli like edge got, took that fence and called them a bunch of stuff. And that's that's, uh, Mazzoli and Marino will not be exchanging Christmas cards this year. Let's just be honest about that. But yes, like your Simone Lawrence is your chip Cox is your like, these guys play at a certain level at a certain frequency that a lot of other players don't. And you want that player on your team. Do some guys take it too far, i.e. Uh, Marino on Jeremiah Mazzoli? Yeah. Unfortunately, you kinda you live by the sword, you die by the sword. But Hobson isn't wrong. You you need those guys because they mix things up. They they add a little chaos that will throw off the other team. You just you have to be able to harness that energy and not try to break another guy's leg. Just just spitball in there.
1: And I'm not upset about Jeremiah Mazzoli going off and ripping into him because I th- Tend, tend to agree with Mazzoli for the most part on pretty much everything he said about Garrett Marino. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just, I don't want to say it's time to move on for him. There's but.
0: there's places and times for times and places. And that was neither the place nor time. Like believe me, I know better than anybody spouting your mouth on the internet that doesn't really go far. So Jeremiah Mazzoli, you have your platform replying to cfl headlines on twitter um is great for his twitter account but it's not going to help you any it's probably going to cost you a few bucks in the end
1: yeah handle that with the league handle that with the pa keep it there don't bring it to the social although who am i to say so whatever um and the riders announced their 2023 ticket pricing um family pack season tickets are uh so 99 bucks for, per game for two adults two tickets or two kids um which is what it comes to uh just under 1100 for a full season for four people to go to games. I think that's a pretty damn good deal that they've done and they've expanded that from the, the end zone seats that they had them in in the the 100 levels was it 140 141 I think something like that. Yeah. Uh, um so they're expanding that to other seats. Also reduced prices for almost 2,700 seats in the stadium. They're doing this right now, just to do it before October 1st, before the PST increase comes. And they added the MVP plan. It seems like it's going to be a permanent thing now. So there's another three-year window that you can sign up for and get the same perks that I'll get we two all got when we I'll get two, new,
0: two more new jerseys. There you go. There you go. Uh, yeah,
2: I signed. I signed up for the original MVP, and when our contract I use that term loosely comes up at the end of next year I'll 100% do it again there's literally no downside to doing it the cost of getting out of it was something like $50 a ticket you'll save that in the first season by not having an increase but the thing I like most about this besides the family pricing was the the fact that they didn't increase season tickets across the board there were going- there were no increases. That's that's what they need. They're having issues with attendance right now. The last thing you need to do is charge people more money.
0: And we we've given this team so much grief and and rightfully so, on their ability to milk the diehards. The season ticket holders. They they find new and creative ways to to pull more money. The fact that they did not raise ticket pricing, the fact that they've actually made a family uh, uh family season ticket tier and the fact that they were had the wherewithal to go hey if you guys want to save 6% you better pay, pay for your tickets now um i good on them like that is very good marketing and the fa- and then they, they didn't change the mvp plan which is even even nicer i like i like that a lot it ch- it shows actually they're list finally listening to the fans
1: i don't feel like they had a lot of choices here um, but it's also like you said just a testament to them that they actually did listen and that they, they didn't raise ticket prices and they added this this MVP plan, the family plan. so it is something that they're clearly paying attention to and what people are, are saying about them on social media and pricing themselves out of of going to a game. so kudos to the team for for doing what they did. I thought it was a, I thought it was very good so I have nothing bad to say about uh, anything they did here with the the ticket pricing.
0: Now, where's my fancy box?
2: You get a shoelace, but you're whining. I, I would like And to. it's going to be half a shoelace because they just saved you some money.
0: I guess. I guess <laughs> I'm getting two for. I guess when I re-up my MVP, I'm getting two free jerseys. They shouldn't complain that much. Why do, you, why do you get two? Oh, is it for every three? You get. So for every two seats, you get a. No, no, if you have three seats, you get one jersey. And ah. if you have more than that,
2: you get two jerseys. That's dumb. They should just do it one per one per seat
0: they should but they don't
2: but nobody they're not going to give away 20,000 or 18,000 free jerseys to people who are likely to buy jerseys that'd be that'd be silly it'd be nice but it'd be silly
0: i'll get one of the new midnight green ones i'm holding out for the black jerseys ain't common man I'm telling you the oh, they need to just make a one time thing i guess my next next i'm year. telling you right now from what from what i've been hearing, those midnight green are dark enough you'll think they're black i used to hate
2: absolutely hate the black jerseys i don't know what it is over the last like two to three years i want them back nope maybe the that's only, a sign of maturity or the only time, desperation.
1: the only time back almost 20 years ago that they actually beat the montreal alouettes was wearing those black jerseys i'll never forget chris zarka getting a uh, uh a catch out of the backfield yeah rumbling 50 yards for a touchdown i'll never forget that and that was the black jerseys where they just came out and they had this this energy that they didn't have before bring them back for one game who do they suck against the most at home that's who they should do it against winnipeg in the playoffs i was gonna say i was gonna say
0: winnipeg in the playoffs (laughs) technically speaking until this season the only teams that cody's lost to is winnipeg calgary and red blocks the first game so winnipeg definitely
1: well, there's the opening kickoff presented by Kathy Festian of Royal LePage, Regina Realty. going to jump into our Churchill Brewing Company odds and end zones where you take a look around the CFL. And the question's coming out right now. Who is it? Is it Zach Claros? Is it Nathan Rourke? Who is the MOP of the league right now?
0: I'm going to give you props. You made a very good argument between MVP and MOP. And people get that confused all the time. Uh, Rourke is definitely the mop, but yeah, Zach Lars goes down. Winnipeg's playoff chances go right out the window because the
1: CFL is the only league that actually has an mop. Every other league has an MVP, most valuable
0: player. But that's then still, you can start. That's still not classified, well. right? Though the most valuable player is never ever awarded properly in my mind. No, no. It's, it's if given you take to the most outstanding player. It's never given to valuable.
1: Yeah, if you take that player away from the team, what team would be trash?
2: That's your most valuable player. But so, if you take away Nathan Rourke from the BC Lions right now, are they any good? Yeah, look at their
1: offense. Look at all the the talent around them. The defense is playing very well. I think if you put any other quarterback there, they may not be, you know, putting up the 450 yard games.
0: They'd still put the boost here, but they're
2: still going to be a good offense. But to counter that, Winnipeg has won a game with Zach Caleros throwing seven passes seven
0: they Dude's they great. can
2: win if if ever there was a team that could win a game with their defense it's been winnipeg for the past three seasons winnipeg it's since
1: they got him in in games that actually mattered in the standings or whatever are 26 and 2 with zach caleros as their starter 26 and 2, Is two? I the thought it was, i thought it
0: was one no it's two no it's two also one, it's... once a rider
1: that's the most valuable player right there because you don't lose with him.
2: i mean it's hard to argue but they they upgraded from uh what's his name why can't i remember the guy they booed off the field matt nichols,
0: matt nichols. thank you
2: thank you on a cancer upgraded was from it, was it cancer it
0: was a cancer it was a, PSA. It was a
2: cancer psa Can, yeah. cancer
0: psa and the winnipeg blue bomber fans booed that thing for the entire time. I couldn't even hear what Matt Nichols was saying. So, I mean, I feel like if they
2: could have, they might not have booed. Okay, but it was too late. It was gone.
0: Bomber fans. Argo fans. You both suck. No one cares about the stupid loudest fan thing that is whatever's going on right now. So, shut up. I'm sick of this. I, I don't even know how it started. I blame Laura. sorry, I do. I blame Laura. Laura Stewart started this. Bless her heart. I
1: love her. Hamilton Tiger Cat fan, Laura Stewart. Yeah.
0: No one cares. And the fact that the Bombers still have that loudest, whom are the lowest, CFL's lowest fans, it was a, a rig contest to begin with. That stadium is juiced to the max to make bring all the sound down in the field. So it doesn't count. And Bomber fans are so butthurt that someone said, Article fans are loud. And that was the end of it. Like, come on.
2: You know what? I went to a game in in Toronto. It, it was Toronto against Edmonton. So I was a completely impartial observer. If they ever fill that place with, like, what is it, twenty two thousand or whatever that whatever BMO holds, I will say without a doubt that would be the loudest stadium in the CFL. That that stadium is designed for noise. The
0: metal benches alone, well, listen, will listen, make listen, them louder yeah. than anybody. Well, oh, you just look back at those uh, team Canada games, <laughs> soccer, yeah, games, absolutely, uh, and Con- uh, Concacaf. Like those were loud. Well, and yeah. Lori even
2: said she was at some of those games, and it was deafening. If they could ever harness that stadium properly for for Argo fans, and step number one is an impossible step, but they got to get the camera pointing at the at the angle where all the fans are, not the side where they aren't. Unfortunately, the sun doesn't like to play nice with that idea that place, The Move other the fans side, the other side, but the it's fans don't want to sit on that side because of the sun. Same reason why they can't put the camera there. If you have the option between staring into the sun or staring away from the sun, 90% of people are going to want to stay on the side they're on. It's, it's a crappy Look situation.
0: Look down at the field. It's that simple. <laughs> wow. Wear a hat at this point. <laughs> and but and, if they, and uh, to quote, um, the owner of BC Line, Armand, Do- what's his last Amar name? Amar Doman. Oh, Ar- Mark Doman. The Argos need to fix their own problems. It's not How a great league. was that?
1: Just huh? calling them out.
0: Well, it's true. He's not wrong. You are the richest owner in the league. Now you got me go. You have the richest owner ownership in the league, and they're their hat in hand saying the league needs to help us. Help yourself. You've got BC doing it. You've got Edmonton doing it. Saskatchewan had telethons at one point. You literally have the biggest war chest, and you're going, "Whoa, is me?" Like, no, like, it's a you problem. Figure it out. But they just refuse to because they rather worry about Raptors nine hundred five.
2: The the Argos are nothing more than a tax write off to the to MLSE, and they they will never be anything more than that to them, unless unless they start getting mass attendance without the marketing that's required to get there if the fans started showing up mlse might take notice and go okay maybe we got something here but not realizing they need to take that first step and you know do something to to get people interested in a city that size it shouldn't be difficult there's got to be twenty thousand bored people in the city of toronto on nine days a year
0: but that's always the problem with toronto it's it's a chicken and egg thing it's like, well, the fans don't come. It's like, well, you, you have to do things to get the fans to come. But they don't want to spend the money because no one comes. So you have to bring the fans in to make it work. Like, I remember days at Skydome where they literally, the shot with Riders and Argo's game was the tight shot where you could not see, the, uh, could not see fans. Well, because there was no fans there. Because they refused to show the uh, stadium that empty. Like, there, there are ways around this. Like, make the game exciting. Make it show like it's a place to be. But if you're just going to go, eh, well, you know, the league needs to do more. You have a bigger budget, advertising budget than the league does. I guarantee you that. Use it. So
1: basically do what the Calgary Stampeders are doing and bring in Biz Nasty <sighs> to race a cow.
0: I I, I love CFL but Twitter. in a
1: cow mascot. So Paul Bissonnette. And uh, former Pittsburgh Penguin, we're all Pittsburgh Penguins yeah. fans, by the way. Yeah. So drafted by the Penguins, TNT analyst, host of uh, uh, Spit and Chicklets podcast, um, is going to be in Calgary to race their the world's fastest cow. It's a dude in a cow outfit um, for a, a halftime thing, which is not going to be televised. So get ready for a really awkward, biz nasty in the in the booth interview. Um, with God, Glenn Suter and Dustin Nielsen yeah, probably. Be, yeah,
0: we Dustin and Nielsen probably.
1: Nielsen will be Nielsen will be good. Dustin will be good with him for sure. But Glenn Suter with him? Oh, jeez. Yeah, maybe that's the marketing that you're doing if you're
0: Toronto. I okay. So I like once again. I love CFL Twitter and I hate it at the same time. It's like they need to do something. Well, no, no, don't do that. Like it, no one is ever happy. CFL Twitter is the most unhappy. Bunch of people in my I've ever seen in my life. No Unless one can you do put it, pineapple on pizza, and you don't put raisins and butter turks. It's that simple. But God, it is the
1: really terrible food takes today.
0: <laughs> well, dude
2: likes big turks. Of course, he has bad food takes. Hey, <laughs> raisins belong in butter tarts. Yeah, I'm with them
0: on that one. I Okay, I, they make them too sweet. Like, get, get a walnut. Oh, it's no.
2: My yeah. dessert is too sweet. This is awful. There, there's
0: such thing <laughs> as too sweet. I, there, there is. But I digress. So everyone was like, yeah, they, they're like big news. Okay, that's the worst part is Calgary set that up wrong. Big news. Paul Business has not big news. I am sorry. And then there is this and i was like uh we want to you to do something but don't do that it's like like no one wins it's and then it became a giant fight between the so-called millennials and the old people and it just was uh, there's no winners there's never a winner why can't we just all enjoy something
1: now, my thing with bringing in Biz Nasty, first off, I think he's a fantastic hockey analyst. I, th- I think he's fun. He's hilarious. I love what TNT is doing there. They're obviously bringing what they do, NBA on TNT to the NHL with their new new contract there. And I think he's fantastic. Usually guys who were, honestly, let's just put it bluntly, not great players, um, end up being better analysts.
0: They, they speak more freely.
1: Which is, which is one of them. And... I've listened to and Chicklets a few times, uh, some of the interviews. I think it's fantastic sharing some of the old stories and what he does there.
0: And Calgary technically is a hockey town, so it kind of plays as well.
1: Yeah, it it makes sense. You're going to have him probably do a couple things with Calgary Flames as well. I'd imagine that's probably in in his schedule when he goes to Calgary. My issue with this is bringing in just Barstool Sports, who is the overall owner of and Chicklets. And just dealing with them, to me, should have been a no-go from the beginning. That's my only issue with it. I have no problem bringing in Bisonet as a as a person, as a as a former hockey player, as a media guy. I have no problem doing that. My problem is that you're bringing Barstool Sports into it, and I don't think Barstool belongs anywhere
0: near the CFL. It's one of those you're damned if you do and damned if you don't. You can't separate Bisonet from spin checklets, which means you can't separate them from bar, uh from barstool and you can't separate barstool from just the worst dreck on the internet it's tough it is it's it's a no win situation like i i don't know it's not the worst person they could bring in but it's also not the best um and you're not wrong it's- when you take on barstool barstool sucks. it's just it's
1: just the optics of it because you have Renee Peredes taking a picture with Theo Fleury. When you're not talking politics or science or anything with Theo and you actually just have a conversation with him about regular things, Theo is fantastic. He's a very nice guy. And I can't imagine the shit that he went through as, oh, as a his, kid. his, his like, book is his book back.
0: is one of the most craziest things I've ever read in my life. And like it, it moved me. Like his autobiography was wild. And his story is is amazing. And the fact that he got where he was and basically still alive to tell it is also amazing if you definitely went yep. through these stuff in New York. But, yeah. like But it's just have... the optics to me. Oh, that, no. That, I mean, that's it.
1: It's the optics. And, and I get it.
0: And I I still can't. Uh, Paredes, that, that 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 photo and the caption on it is, he had to know what he's doing, right? Like I don't, don't hundred i he did
2: i I think he did
0: <clears throat> i
2: I think it was a rile him up tweet i I can't see somebody like that there's not many people out there that would rile up a crowd like a like a picture with theron flurry,
0: yeah, but it was't Is... even the picture with him it's one it's one thing to do a picture they're both at, what, it was a charity event. That that's it one. Was, well, it was
2: yeah. It was the it was the comment to go it, with it, was, it. It was
0: the caption yeah, about like lighting Twitter on fire or something stupid like that. And it's like you're kidding me, right?
2: You you don't make that tweet and that comment and that picture by accident.
0: Uh, well, but there's it, no way. It, it makes sense though, because usually over forty shanks right anyway. So that that's basically why it makes sense. I
2: I question. My issue with this isn't even just the optics of of Barstool and Bissonette and and all of that. It's also the way they went around doing this. Like, they got people hyped up for this super big announcement. And then the replies to that announcement were all, I hope there's an actual announcement coming. (laughs) Like, if they just announced this on their own, I don't think it would have been met with as much hate. There still would be some because Barstool and and that like there there is hate there, for sure. But I don't think it would have been as bad of a response. But almost every response in that thread was negative. Either what what's what's the actual announcement or screw Barstool. There was a couple of millennials in there, chanting "Yay, yay Barstool and yay Spitting Chicklets," but beyond that, it was almost all negative. And that, that's the opposite of what Calgary needs to do right now. They're seeing attendance issues just like the rest of us. They're pissing off your fans by hyping some big announcement and then bringing out uh, a guy racing a cow isn't going to do it.
0: Free, free advice for CFL teams. Don't say you're announcing something big. Just don't. Just don't like pre-announce anything. Just go. Just drop it. And people will be happy. But if you go, hey, we're announcing something big, unless you're curing cancer, no one's gonna care. Like you are literally setting the bar way too high. And Paul B not racing a cow, nowhere near where you think it was gonna get.
1: You know who the Stampeder should have brought in for this is in all seriousness, it should have been Jonathan Huberto. After the big trade yeah. for the Calgary Flames and signing him to a brand new tenure deal. Um I think they won that trade, but that's that's oh, a hockey thing. By far. Totally, but to do that, yeah.
2: you, the Stampeders would have to be owned by the same group that owns the Calgary Flow. Oh.
0: oh wait, wait. Yeah. Okay. No, okay. No, no. Why they probably didn't do it if Hubero went down racing a cow at his Calgary Stampeders game. You know what would happen? Oh yeah, yeah. Torn ACL, <laughs> Hubero up for the season, racing a cow.
1: <laughs> Which. uh, Speaking of racing the cow, we all know who's going to win that. It's going to be the cow. It's not going to be Paul Bissonette. that. Um, Janice on, on Twitter, one of our good friends brought this up last week and, uh, it was keeping in the, uh, kind of that a halftime race theme who would win in a condiments race where you dress up as a hot dog or what was the hot dog running contest or whatever in, in baseball. They do this all the time in baseball and uh, the warning tracks, um, but who would yeah, win a Piffles condiments Christmas race? In, uh, yeah, so who would win a Piffles condiments race? Ketchup, mustard, all that kind of stuff.
2: Are we talking today or in general? Because today I finished third. Old oh, Hoppy oh, McGee here. But, but let's I go feel today like because
1: then, then I would actually win, maybe.
2: Yeah, maybe. if it if it's know. today, I I hobble along and finish in a very very far behind third place. I think Alex takes that one, and and Greg beats me by like three steps
0: oh, Just, despite my curse. hobbled leg you almost made me curse I will admit I am not the athlete I used to be in my prime I ran 100-200 relay 3,000 and 1,500 I'd whoop you now I wow.
1: listen I ran those too I didn't ran them, run them well
0: I ran them well I, I was I, I was in provincials I actually ran well at one point. I was an athlete once. Once.
1: All I know is that in a condiments race, I'd relish the fact that I'd be in it in the first place.
0: You you couldn't catch up, and Steve couldn't cut the mustard.
1: I was waiting for Steve to come up with his own pun, but yeah, there was none.
0: I'm, the, the... the look of disgust on his face when you said relish <laughs> was was enough. I knew he wasn't coming with any.
2: Why do I do this to myself every week?
1: Uh well let's talk a little bit more football here. We'll talk about the Riders and the Elks. The Elks coming off another brutal beatdown by BC. Um I don't know what to make of Edmonton because they're keeping some games close and then they're just getting blown out in others. And it's I don't know, it just kind of feels like a normal Chris Jones first year team.
0: They're bad. That's what I know to that's what I know to make of them. They're bad.
2: You know, you know what scares me? they're going to beat us, is is they're on a thousand plus day no wins at home streak. They make Ottawa look like a good home team right now. And what does Saskatchewan love to do more than to play down to the level of their competition?
0: They like to lose to a no win Hamilton team? Right?
2: Yeah, one one win team thanks to... Yeah, thanks to us. uh, Yeah. Yeah, like if ever there was a team that would lose to this Elks team, it's us. It's us for the last hundred plus years. I'll never understand it, but it scares the ever loving hell out of me.
0: Yeah. But we're going to get Chris Jones versus Cody Fajardo since uh, Jones uh, basically threw him down. So I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm interesting. This is either going to be really good or really bad game for Cody. Cause I think he might actually start pushing the ball. So here's hope. Well,
1: and, and I think there's as, as, not bad as the offense. They haven't been bad, but they haven't been good either the last uh, a few weeks here for the Riders. But if there's any hope here, the Elks are giving up 36 points per game. They're giving up a ton of points, ton of yards. Take the over. Um, Deron Carter's playing defensive back. Go
2: after him. You know he's going to get at least one interception.
0: Who's going to? But he's also going
2: to give up two touchdowns.
0: Who's going to yell Cody Vajardo, shut your mouth? Uh,
1: good question. Frankie Hickson is back. Run the ball. Like if there's ever a a get right game for the riders, especially when you're going into a couple games against BC and then Winnipeg, this is it. Like if, if they can't blow Edmonton away, especially with getting everybody back healthy coming after a bye week, if they can't beat them by two scores, like I'm talking 14 points, not just like, you know, nine points. I'm talking 14 plus. If they can't beat them by that much, then there's a a real problem here. Here's, here's the problem: be blowing these guys out.
0: And I should I should have looked this up. Riders are not good after bye weeks. Like I I know this for a fact. The riders are, have a terrible record after bye weeks. I don't know why, but they just do. And I could be wrong. Like I, I'm certain Rob Bandstone will gladly tell me I'm wrong. Rob, I know you're on vacation, but and you listen. So please tell me if I'm wrong but it just feels true um, but yeah no the the riders should do it. and the things so that the riders need to worry about this actually has crossover implications <laughs> cuz we're 4 and 4 it, it won't be hard for the elk's to catch us if we don't win this game so we we definitely need the season series against the elk's so we need to win as many games as we can right now
2: yeah with ed with edmonton at 2 and 6 and us at 4 and 4 a win here sets us three points ahead- or three games ahead of them, you know with what nine games to go. We've got a really tough schedule coming down to close out this year. this Edmonton games are games we have to win. there is no question in my mind
0: we've got winnipeg b c Calgary like we like the games aren't easier like you gotta win. We should have beat Toronto. We need to win the games we can, and this is a game we can and should win.
1: Well, let's get to our uh, our pickum here this week. Um, Gary Stern again guaranteeing victory. He was tentative about doing it um, this week, but I don't know. People are still mad at him for guaranteeing victory. I love it. Go for it. Of course, you're going to believe in your team, right? Montreal at Winnipeg. I'm
2: so over Gary Stern's guarantees. Are they Gary NTs? Boo. Hey, I had, I had to have one after missing out on the pun, the, uh, the condiment pun.
0: Well, thanks for catching up with the rest of us. Um, I was actually playing uh fortnight with uh, our good friend squeak. Uh, Bomber fan there tonight. And like I told him, he's like, ah, I don't know. And I'm like, If you guys can get your 10, I congratulate on their 10th straight win. And he was like, ah, I don't know. I'm like, if you can't beat a Danny Machocha led Alouettes team, you guys may as well just pack it in for the season and say, you know what? We're not good enough to play in the playoffs. We'll we'll just uh, skip the third Grey Cup because there's no way in hell Montreal wins this game. Gary Sterner or not.
2: So what you're saying is teams that lose to Montreal have no business making the playoffs?
0: Uh, If you're the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, yes. Oh, okay.
2: Just wanted to clarify that for a second there, because I, uh,
0: hey, we, no, we lost to a Kahari Jones led team. That's fair.
2: That's a good point. That's a much different. Yeah. See, different I, I, I
0: knew when I told him, I said Danny Mutchota specifically. Uh-huh.
2: Can you imagine? Yeah. Cut, firing a head coach for discipline issues and then having worse discipline.
0: That is the uh, Montreal way. Just ask my good buddy Kevsry. Oh, God, God
2: bless. God bless. Danny Machocha and all he's done for the CFL. Uh, Winnipeg wins. No question.
1: Yeah. Montreal kept it close at home for three quarters, but they're not going to do it on the road. Winnipeg wins this one in a route. Um, Second game of uh, five or four in five weeks. Toronto at Hamilton in rematch from last week.
0: Hamilton is playing like their entire third string. Like it is, it is tough sled for Hamilton. I, as much as I don't like Toronto in this, like Toronto at all, I I don't know how how Hamilton wins this, and Addison's out for the season now, so yeah. torn torn Achilles, Yep. Yeah. So you also, and then you, you're starting uh, Schiltz, and it's it's not good. Um, I don't want to pick against Hamilton at home against Toronto, but I think I have to. Toronto barely. Wins.
2: I mean, I mean for a crossover, it's great to see. You want to see wh- whoever won the first one win all four having another couple other teams floundering at the bottom of the East isn't bad for us. Um, Hamilton just isn't the same team this year. Nothing about that team scares me. Toronto is on the up. Hamilton's on their way down. I think Toronto wins and I don't see it being close at halftime, let alone at the end of the game.
1: Hamilton was dominating that game last week. They were cruising in the uh, in the second half and then, the second half started. I don't know what their problem is this year in the second half, but Hamilton just can't do it. I don't know if it's if it's coaching, if it's not, not coaching enough, or like the adjustments. I don't know, but they're getting outscored badly, especially in the fourth. They just don't have that killer instinct that they had the last couple of seasons that took them to the Grey Cup. I, I want to pick them, but I don't think they're, I, until they can actually go out and prove it, I'm going with Toronto. Um, potential game of the week here: BC at Calgary. Nathan Rourke gets a gets a pretty good test here up against uh, the Calgary Stampeders who are without Trey Roberson now for the rest of the season. Big you know, loss for them.
2: Rourke's been having a bit of good luck when it comes to facing teams with uh, some of their star defensive players missing. Not to not to crap all over the start of his career. I mean he's been he's been lights out. You don't go. What was it? Thirty two of thirty seven or something like, no, it was 34 of 37. Cause he threw more touchdowns than incompletions. You don't do that no matter how many players are missing, unless you're good. But I, I can't, again, I can't see a way that Calgary comes out with this one. They, they lost, uh, they lost a couple key pieces and, uh, BC's just rolling.
0: Well, when you have, uh, Alex's favorite player and Steve's best friend, uh, say that Nathan Rourke is the best quarterback in the league right now. And that, of course, is Bo Levi Mitchell saying that. Uh, yeah, you got to take BC Lions.
2: I'm doing Hard my, I'm doing my the... Bo Levi impression right now.
1: Hard to argue with you guys on this, which is why I'm going with the Calgary Stampedeers. I don't know. It's just a weird feeling at home that I going to stop I would, them. I, I, that, I would love to see BC Calgary. lose, but I just don't see how they lose to Calgary right now. Now, as Ryder fans, guys, who do you want to win this game or lose this game? Because if you're chasing these teams for like, second, third in the West, Stadium Fire—that's your as always.
0: For as always, <laughs> when, when, when two teams in the West play, I I, I would prefer a Stadium Fire to see want a team win, as long like as I everyone makes want, out safely.
1: I think you'd want BC to win, right? Because. Because Calgary's at two losses, BC's only at one. So if you're, and the Riders have four with an extra game played, so I would think you'd want to have BC, or sorry, Calgary go to go to three losses and, and have those start adding up, right?
0: Well, you'd hope so. Like, either way, like I said, I, that's why I think BC winning is better. It's also better for the Riders, but I also don't see Calgary winning against BC.
2: We have three games against Calgary to close out the year, do we not? We do. I mean, and two more against BC and three we against do. Winnipeg. We do. I don't think we need to worry about the teams in the West and what they're doing. We need to stay out, stay ahead of third place in the East and pray to God they continue to suck out there.
0: But the problem is, there's uh,
2: three really good teams ahead of us right now, and it's too early to be worrying about what they're doing.
0: Here's the problem: all the West is playing each other now. All the East are going to play against each other. Someone in the East has to like start feasting on each other here as long as it's Toronto on
2: everybody else, and it, two two of the four teams have to start doing something while the other two continue to suck.
0: Well, The worst well, well, thing one, that could happen is a bunch of teams
2: going 9-9 or 8
0: One is a Danny Machocha led Alouettes, so we're okay there.
1: And the other one still has five home games, so that's five losses right there. Exactly. <laughs> wow, just, just looking at it. B.C., Leaves league in points four, two 254. The next team is Winnipeg at 250 points for this season. BC's played two last games. Points against BC 135, the next closest, Calgary at 150. Like They're leading on offense, they're leading on defense. <laughs> BC's ever... actually scary. I, you. Didn't... I was not high on them going into the season. I really wasn't. I just thought there was too many changes and it would take them way too long to gel. I, had them I mean, throw on that one.
2: Fourth, I think I had them. I'm yeah. pretty sure we all had them third or fourth, even well, not fifth. We all had Edmonton fifth. Yeah, I think they're they spending a hundred thousand dollars on their quarterbacks. Total. Like smart like smart. smart. But we all made fun of it because you, that's a position you Oh no, it was it was a gamble money. But that
0: that was and that's what we said at the beginning of the season, though. It's a high risk for high reward. Like, you need to hope your quarterbacks at that. If you're spending that least amount and spend that much on receivers, your quarterback has to be able to hit those receivers. Nathan Rourke can hit those receivers. Could O'Connor? I don't know. Maybe. Possibly. But if you're going to, to spend that, le- you better put talent around them. And they did.
1: The biggest thing for them is is their offensive line has been very, very solid. Rourke's spent a lot of time, and they were garbage last year.
0: Michael Riley's like, well, where the hell is this? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe he's got to be throwing like shoes or something in the TV. He's watching the games right now.
1: All right. And the final game to pick riders at Edmonton on Saturday night.
0: Taking the riders.
2: I'm taking Edmonton. That thousand day streak is just, that's the thing we blow that's that's what we do best is lose the guaranteed win games and this should for, by all, for all intents and purposes this this is a guaranteed win for Saskatchewan which is why we lose and it it'll be in heartbreaking fashion you would think that was my pick the way that he explained it um <laughs> i'm
1: actually taking the riders in this one if there's If there's ever a get-right game going into the second half of the season for them, it's this one. They have to. They have to win this one. Because if not, you can kiss the West playoffs goodbye. The crossover, which fine, they might still make it, but hanging by a thread. Lose this this
0: game, they're hanging by a thread to get make make playoffs in general.
1: Yeah, you're 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 looking at no confidence going into the East Division to actually win. If you start losing these games, like you have to win these.
2: What's happened? When, when did I become the eternal pessimist? Been hanging out with me too much.
0: You <laughs> started growing um, your arm long, you hippie. <laughs>
1: um, I do want to give a special shout out this week uh, to somebody because uh, I was sent a package in the mail with no return address on it. And it just said, to, to Alex, I opened it up. And it was the CFL branded just black hat cfl logo on it your rob Lowe, you know standing nfl clapping just the generic logo on a hat on a hat which i was going to buy from the ottawa store save 60 bucks after shipping um so i don't know who sent this to me so whoever did thank you very much i love it my cfl rob Lowe collection is complete now with that hat i have the full outfit and uh just goes to show that there are some great people out there in the CFL family, and it's stuff like this that uh, really makes me love this league. So thank you to whoever was that sent that. I think I know who you are, just based off uh, of, of who I know in the CFL family. Um, so
0: thank you very much. I really need to break down my Ottawa store CFL merchandise thing, but oh well. You no, know, yeah, that was awesome. Like uh, the CFL family is amazing. Like I remember when I. I trash-talked the bombers. Someone sent me a Bombers Grey Cup shirt. So, (laughs) um, it's, yeah, the CFL family is fun. Like As much as we sometimes get a little obnoxious and sometimes annoying, uh, CFL family is a fun thing. I can't wait to see everyone at Grey Cup this year. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh one more thing before
1: we go, PFC, the Prairie Football Conference, gets started this weekend. If you're in Regina, of course, the Thunder are playing. If you're in Saskatoon, you got the hilltops there. Cavus uh, Reeds all... in town. And Davis Reeds in town. So you know there will be consequences. So check out the good local minor football here in Saskatchewan, Regina, Saskatoon. Uh, because those teams are they're gonna meet each other in the finals again this year
0: and it's gonna oh, be great. awesome again. Oh. Football Day in Saskatchewan is going to be fun on September 17th. Like, it, it Tom, is going to be a ton of fun.
1: Tom Sargent, head coach of the Hilltops, already saying that their team's 0-1. They haven't even played a game They lost yet. to
0: the alumni. Same. The Hilltops lost to the alumni. Those, those old guys take <laughs> oh, it seriously, Well, the old guys though. can play. Like it's, it's, <laughs> it's hilarious. So yeah, I, I, Sargent is apparently extra ticked about that because I was talking to a bunch of Hilltops guys I know.
1: So I guess they're starting 0-2 now.
0: Yeah, they are. But uh, actually, anyone in Regina, come check out the game this weekend. RMF uh, Libel Field, new field.
1: It looks great. Do you Look... see that picture?
0: Oh, I uh, see the video. They actually uh, sent. Uh, they uh, posted a video. Yeah, Itching in the numbers, and it just it looks beautiful. I can't wait to be there. Uh, One o'clock on Sunday. Edmonton Wildcats are in town. C- uh, Cavis, like I said, Cavis Reed is the offensive coordinator of the Wildcats. Uh, expect a lot of points by the Thunder. <laughs> it's gonna be a fun game it's gonna be fun
1: so get out there and support your uh your local minor football that'll do it for us this week here on the piffles podcast piffles podcast is of course brought to you by our great friends at dairy queen on elphinstone street and sass drive in regina special thanks to kathy festion of royal page regina realty and churchill brewing company for their support making this show possible piffles podcast is a proud member of the cfpn the canadian football podcast network this is ghost behind your mind by tyler gilbert
0: Bye, bye, bye.
2: The